the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. The truth is God does and will judge sin. That's the truth. If a person doesn't repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ and believe that his death on the cross was a substitutionary sacrifice for their sins, God will judge them. There's no escaping God's judgment, except through Jesus Christ. And they've, they've believed lies, things that just aren't true, that they're going to escape death. The judgment's not going to come on them. Today, Pastor Dan talks about God's judgment and his grief over our sins. Jesus came down to earth to walk among us as a man, and he died on the cross for our sins. But that doesn't mean that you can now continue on sinning free of the Lord's judgment. It may feel like you've kept your sins a secret and that no one will find out, but the simple truth is that God sees everything down to the thoughts in your head. And if you don't ask for forgiveness and turn from your ways, you will be judged accordingly. So speak to Jesus today and repent of your sins. And now open your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. They shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder and on your descendants forever, verse 47, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything and he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Look at verse 49. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose language you will not understand. The Lord says here, if you, if you don't obey me, if you don't obey my voice, if you don't keep my commands, as a judgment against you, I'm going to send a foreign nation from afar, and they're going to they're going to come in and invade the land, and they're going to be a nation whose language you will not understand, and they'll conquer you, and you'll have to serve them. This is before they came into the land, and now when we get to Isaiah, Isaiah is saying the same thing in Isaiah twenty eight, that with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people. He's going to send in. Just as he promised in Deuteronomy, he's going to send in this foreign nation that speaks a different language to conquer the land and conquer the people. Look at verse 13 again, Isaiah 28. Verse 13, they wouldn't hear it because the word of the Lord was to them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, 
line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Again, it's just, it's, it was too simplistic that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught because the, they rejected the word of God they will fall backwards and they will be conquered. They're not going to move forward. They're going to go backwards because they refuse to hear his word. Therefore, verse 14, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men. They're scorning the word of God. Hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men who rule this people who are in Jerusalem. The leaders of the nation scorned the word of God. The leaders of the nation refused to hear it. That's why you should pray for the leaders of our nation, that they would hear the word of God, that they would listen to it, that they would receive the word of God. But Judah had leaders that that scorned the word of God, that didn't want to hear it. Verse 15, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol, we are in agreement. When the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come to us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood we have hidden ourselves. They were, they were overconfident, and they, they thought they had made a covenant with death and the grave. The, in other words, they thought, we're not going to die. We're not going to be overrun by another nation. We're not going to be invaded and conquered by another nation. That's never going to happen to us. God's not going to judge us. There's a lot of people that think that way today. God's not going to judge me. God's not going to condemn me for what I'm doing. Now look what it says in verse 15 again. They were trusting in lies. They made lies their refuge. The truth is God does and will judge sin. That's the truth. If a person doesn't repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ and believe that his death on the cross was a substitutionary sacrifice for their sins, God will judge them. There's no escaping God's judgment except through Jesus Christ. And they've they've believed lies, things that just aren't true that they're going to escape death. The judgment's not going to come on them. Now, verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. God gives us something that we can really trust in. We don't have to trust in lies. We don't have to trust in false hopes. We can trust in the precious cornerstone. The New Testament tells us it's Jesus Christ. We can trust in Jesus Christ. He's our foundation stone. And we, that means we build our life on Him. He's the foundation of everything that we do. And we build everything on Him. And it says here in verse 16, He's a tried stone. He was tested. And He proved to be a firm foundation. When was He tested? Through His death on the cross and His resurrection. He proved to be a firm foundation. And he's a precious cornerstone, it says. The word precious means rare or one of a kind. There's no one like Jesus. He's a precious cornerstone. A cornerstone is is the first stone that you would put in place when you were building a structure. And then you would line up all the other stones with the cornerstone. And so everything is, is referenced off of and lined up with the cornerstone. And Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. 
Everything in your life and my life should line up with Jesus Christ. Everything that I do, every decision that I make for my life or for my family, I want to make sure that it lines up with Jesus Christ in every way, that he's the cornerstone. I'm measuring off of him. I'm not measuring off of anything else. I'm measuring off of him. And not only is he the precious cornerstone, it says he's the sure foundation. He doesn't change. He's a sure foundation. He doesn't shift. He's the same yesterday, today, and ever. You can't say that about anything or anyone else in your life. Everything else changes. But Jesus Christ is the only sure foundation. And and so we can confidently build our lives on Him without fear that things are going to change or shift and come crashing down because I've built my life on Him. Everything else will crash down at some point, but not Jesus. So notice here that He is not only the foundation that we're building on, but He's the cornerstone that we're lining up with. He's both. He's all in all. He's everything. Also, he says in verse 17, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plummet. The hail will sweep away the refuge of lies and the waters will overflow the hiding place. When God builds something, he builds it with righteousness and justice. He's going to sweep away all the lies that they're trusting in. All of those lies that they think are, that they're hoping in are going to fail. Your covenant with death will be annulled and your agreement with Sheol will not stand when the overflowing scourge passes through. Then you will be trampled down by it. Uh, You know, the Lord here just says, hey, I've got some some bad news for you. That covenant you made with death, it's not going to stand. Death death is going to (laughs) come. And uh, you're going to be invaded. You're going to be conquered. Assyria will come. They're going to trample you down. Verse 19 And as often as it goes out, it will take you from morning by morning. It will pass over and by day and by night. It will be a terror just to understand the report. Again, talking about this judgment that's going to come upon Judah. Uh, It's not going to be a quick judgment. It's going to be morning after morning and day after day. It's going to be long and unrelenting. Verse 20, I like verse 20. For the bed is too short to stretch out on. And the covering so narrow that one cannot wrap himself in it. You know, we, we have a saying in English, uh, you made your bed, now you have to lie in it. They had a saying, hey, your bed's too short to stretch out on, and your blanket's too small to wrap yourself in to get warm. Right? This thing that they're trusting in, this thing that they're putting their hope in, <laughs> he's, he's saying it's, it's not going to provide you with the rest and the comfort and the peace you think it will provide you. Do you ever try to sleep on a bed that's too short? You know, like a child's bed? And you can't, you know, you toss and turn, and you try to angle yourself, and you, everything, you, you just can't get comfortable. And you have a miserable night's sleep. And that's what he's saying here about these things that they're trusting in. They're not going to provide rest for you. They're not going to provide comfort. They're not going to provide peace. Only Jesus Christ can provide those things. Only Jesus Christ provides rest. He is the only one who provides peace. He's the only one who can provide real comfort and real security. Nothing in this world can do that for us. It's always going to leave us tossing and turning. Only Jesus Christ provides those things. You know, in in Jeremiah, you don't have to turn there, but Jeremiah says 
of the children of Israel. He says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. They have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water, life-giving water that's given freely and naturally from the Lord. And instead, they're trusting in cisterns that they've carved out of the stone to hold their water, but their cisterns have cracks in it. And the cisterns won't hold any water. And yet they're putting all their hope in these cisterns instead of the fountain of living water. That's, that's kind of what Isaiah is saying here. For the Lord will rise up as, out, as at Mount Perizim. He had a great victory there at Mount Perizim. That he, will, that he may do his work, his awesome work, and bring to pass his act, his unusual act. Verse 22. Now therefore, do not be mockers, lest your bonds be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a destruction determined even upon the whole earth. So now he kind of goes down uh, to the end of the age, to the tribulation period, when there's going to be destruction upon the whole earth. And now verse 23, Give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my speech. Don't mock God's word. Instead, listen to him. And now, for the remainder of the chapter, beginning with verse 24 to verse 29, he gives a parable. And the parable is a really, uh, it's a really amazing parable. It's very insightful. And this parable is about uh, the working of God and God's methods when it comes to the way that he uh, judges and chastens his people and afflicts his people. And he compares the working of God to the working of a farmer here. And he says in verse 24, Does the plowman keep plowing all day to sow? Does he keep turning his soil and breaking the clods? When he has leveled its surface, does he not sow the black cumin and scatter the cumin and plant the wheat in rows, the barley in the appointed place and the spelt in its place? Verse 26, For he instructs him in right judgment, the farmer. His God teaches him. He he uses the illustration of a farmer who, who plants his crop. And the farmer, when he plants his crop, when he prepares his field by plowing it and then plants his crop, this farmer, he has a goal in mind. He has a goal in mind, and his his goal is to have fruit. His goal is to get a harvest of grain at the end of the season. And the farmer takes the needed steps to reach that goal. And the farmer first will prepare the field. He'll plow the field. He'll prepare the soil. And once he, he, he plows the field and gets it level, he stops plowing. I mean, that, that sounds, uh, you know, simplistic. But once he gets the field plowed, he stops plowing. He doesn't continue plowing unnecessarily. And then after he plows the field, he sows the seed. And some of the seed, if any of you have done any gardening, some of the seed, uh, you can just scatter the seed around, just toss it around. Some of the seed must be planted in rows a certain distance apart from each other. And the farmer knows how each seed needs to be planted. 
He knows which seeds he can scatter, which seeds need to be planted in rows. He knows the distance those seeds need to be apart, how deep they need to be in the soil. He knows where they need to be, and he knows all of that. And then at harvest time, each type of seed, each type of grain is processed differently depending on the kind of grain that it is. A farmer can't, if he's growing a variety of crops, he can't, he can't harvest them and process them all the same way if they're different. Look at verse 27. For the black human is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is it cartwheel rolled over the cumin. But the black human is beaten out with a stick. They, they separate the grain by beating the grain with a stick, and the grain separates from the chaff, and the cumin with a rod. Bread flour must be ground. You have to grind the flour. Therefore, he does not thresh it forever or break it with his cartwheel or crush it with his horsemen. This also comes from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in counsel. That's, that's the word wonderful counselor, Isaiah 9, 6. And he's excellent in his guidance. The, the farmer knows which threshing tools to use for each type of grain that he harvests. He knows, and he, and he knows, you know, that, that with this type of grain, you're going to use this. With this type of grain, you're going to use that. And with one, uh, with the cumin, you're going you're to beat it with a stick to separate the grain from the chaff. But with the flour, you're going to grind that. With others, you, you would use a... Uh, a threshing sledge with other types of grain. You would use a cartwheel that rolls over the grain that separates the grain from the chaff. Uh, with others, you're going to break it with a cartwheel. Others, you're going to crush it with his with a horseman. And and at the end of the process, whichever process is necessary, what does the farmer have? He's got the fruit. He's got the grain. And that's what the whole process was about, to end up with this grain at the end of it. And this is exactly how God uses affliction and trials in our lives. You know, he he prepares us for the trial in a sense, just like that farmer prepares the soil. He breaks up the fallow ground. He breaks up the hard clumps. The Lord softens our heart. The Lord prepares us. He works in our lives. And the Lord knows, just like the farmer knows, the Lord knows what kind of trial to put into our life and where to put it and when to put it in our lives. Just like that farmer knows, you know, the, the kinds of seeds he can just throw and toss and what kind of seeds need to be planted in rows and at a certain depth and a certain distance. He knows all of that. And the Lord knows how to put trials into our life and how to put affliction into our life and where to put it and when to put it. And he knows what tools to use to separate the, green, the grain from the chaff. He knows what tools work best, just like that farmer knows which tools to use for each type of seed. And the farmer knows that if he uses the wrong tool to get the grain, he knows that he can damage the grain and ruin it. And then it's useless. If you, if you grind the cumin, the cumin is, is useless. You've got to beat it with a stick. That's how you process cumin. You can't grind it like flour. You can't crush it with a horse. You can't thresh it. You can't break it with a cartwheel. 
It's got a, it's got a process. If you do any of those other methods, it's going to damage the grain. And it's going to destroy the grain. And there'll be no fruit from it. And notice here, the farmer's careful not to ruin the grain. And the Lord is careful not to ruin us by the affliction and the trials that he puts in our lives. And notice, notice here how these methods, I mean, they kind of progressively get more severe. You've got threshing and rolling and beating and grinding and crushing. And, and you, could, you could put uh, trials and affliction in your life and my life. We, we could put them in categories. You know, some trials are just like threshing. You know, we just kind of get tossed around a little bit, tossed up in the air by it. We get all, you know, freaked out a little bit. Uh, you know, because you have car trouble, but it's going to be okay. Everything kind of comes back down to the earth. Everything's all right. But then there are other trials that are crushing, just crush us. There are other trials that break us, just crush us and grind us down. And you, you, you could put those, you could put categories on them. There's a difference. You know, one author said, God uses the proper instruments and procedures at the proper time to accomplish his purposes in our lives. And at the end of all of it, the farmer has fruit. He has this grain. And the trials and the afflictions that come into our lives produce fruit in our lives. Fruit for God. It says in James chapter 1, Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. It produces something. There's fruit that comes from that trial. It produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. God uses trials and he uses afflictions just like a farmer. And God uses these things to make us complete, mature, so that we are lacking nothing. God will use different things in our lives, trials, affliction, hardship, difficulties. And he uses them to make us more like Jesus, to conform us into the image of his son. He asked me how I know, and I say, been truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, they're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, 
Take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.